welcome to the Diabolical Film Show, a podcast about old films, new films, and the people who make them. My name is Vash, and with me, I have my old mate, Richie. Hello, mate. <laughs> Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Got your on-air sign on. I have got my on-air sign on, yes. Yes, it's in the background, just to keep the dog quiet. Um, so this podcast, technically, mate, is all about me. <sighs> Sigh. See what I did there? Hey. It's all about me. You've spent all week just to think up of that, that one. Oh line. no, that just came to me then as I was, as I was doing the intro. <laughs> <laughs> For um, sake, I, <laughs> I can start as we mean to go on. Oh, eh? Christ, go on then. So, as people have probably already guessed, uh, this podcast is called Rise of the Evil Dead because recently. Evil Dead Rise has been released, so we are talking about not just the Evil Dead Rise, but the legacy of Evil Dead from the first film all the way through. Now, we're just going to talk about the films, isn't that right? That's right, yeah. We're not going to... Well, we'll mention the series and these games and comics and stuff, but it's mainly primarily about the five films and how they differed from the very beginning to what we have now. Sell your soul, sell your soul, eat your soul, eat your soul, sell your soul. Dead by dawn, dead by dawn. So we get it all out now. <laughs> Hail to the king, baby. Hail to the king. <laughs> How many times are we just going to quote Groovy, Hail to the king, <laughs> give you some sugar, baby. The quotes are endless in this. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, but not, not exactly endless, but they're, they're, they're just worth repeating over and over and over again because they're just fucking great. They are great. They are great indeed. And that's why we do like the Evil Dead films. Let's put it out there right at the beginning. In varying degrees, but we'll get there. So let's start. Let's start way back in the day then. Let's start back um, in 19... Was it 81? 1981. Richie's favourite decade. All about the 80s, baby. With the the Evil Dead, mate. I know. I didn't see it when it first came out. Shall we shall we say something here as well? Just just before we go any further, this could run long. Mm. We do like these films, and we do we do know quite a lot about them. So this could run a bit, and we're going to try and keep it within the hour. So let's go. Yeah. So let's go back to the Evil Dead, nineteen eighty one. Go. I was ten when this came out. So ten, twenty years before it came out. Yeah. Yeah. I was ten, <laughs> and I remember seeing the posters in the video shops. And the video cassette being on the shelf at the video shops, and there was no way in hell was I gonna get this at all. There's no way. It's just not happening. You see, now I can't remember when I first saw this. I I did see it young. I saw we got it out for the video shop. Myself and a friend of mine we got it out for the video shop, and I did see it young. This was my Night of the Living Dead. This was my kind of introduction, really, to kind of gruesome horror, if I remember rightly. Oh. Um, Alien was around the same time. Completely different sort of film, but um, this was. It was kind of back there. I can't really remember much before it. There might have been some other crap that came out before maybe deadly spawn and things like that are coming to mind now but uh we might cover that sort of film at a later date um... but yeah this i saw it around the same time it came well just after it came out on video no i saw this christ i was in my um early 20s when i got around to watching this that's only because i bought it and uh at this point in time like i said i remember seeing it all the time but there was no way in hell would I get it. So uh, it wasn't until I think it was like four ninety nine. It came out on a release mm. budget label 
thing. And I thought, it's, oh. It's been, re- how many times has it been released? <laughs> my God. Yeah. It's hundreds it of times now, different and versions. My early 20s when I got around to watching this. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, my, my, I was early. I was indoctrinated early into no. horror. Um, so for people that don't know, The Evil Dead. <laughs> Talk about The Evil Dead. People might not know. The Evil Dead are a bunch of films essentially set off. It started back with The Evil Dead back in 1981, um, directed and written by Sam Raimi, um, starring Bruce Campbell, Ellen Sandvice, uh, or there's a bunch of others, Betty Baker, Teresa Hattili, Richard Diamaniacore as well. And it was a really, really low-budget film done mm. at the time. It was a slock horror film. Um, done. It cost $375,000, which they raised from local businesses to get the money. Yeah. And it took well, well over a year to make, to make well, the film. It was. it took 12 weeks to film it, but 18 months in post-production. <laughs> yeah, and there was a lot of pickups and lots of yeah. stuff, and we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute. When, if you look at the IMDb page, you'll think, what the hell is a fake shemp? I will explain what a fake a shemp is. Shemp, I don't, yes. A fake shemp. But, so, it is a, yeah, it's a low-budget horror film. Bunch of kids, essentially teenagers, early 20s, go into the forest um, to stay at a shack. They uncover the Book of the Dead and all sorts of horrific... Well... I, demons come forth I, 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 I or deadites look upon it as yeah they find a book of the dead there's a tape recorder machine and they listen to, it's a reel to reel tape recording machine and they listen to it and they hilarity ensues that's what I, I see as hilarity ensues not in the first one not so much in the first one the first one's kind of played straight real, realistically it's a straight no, horror when I say hilarity I do mean Blood, snot, and shit going everywhere. It's <laughs> hilarity. There you go. Yeah. Hilarity on the Dharma scale. Um, yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> so it's um, yeah, lo- lots of body parts and bits and pieces everywhere. And yeah, the first one is a straight. Is it's a straight horror film essentially. You look back on it now. It hasn't fared well. Oh no. I mean, you can see every dollar of that three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars on screen. It, it's not good. It's not fared well over time. But but but. but I think if you take it in the spirit that it was created and made, this is it. Yes, then you can appreciate it a lot more. And if you know the story behind behind it, it sells itself really. Um, yeah, it, it grows on you. You've got to look at when it was made in the well, late seventies. You know, released in eighty one. So you're looking at seventy nine. What was the horror that was going around in nineteen seventy nine? I mean, Christ, they were still doing Dracula's. You know, well before this, you had. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, didn't you? And last night, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. They, they were the ones that kind of kicked it, Exorcist, kicked it all off. At- Damien, you know, the Omen films. It's They were quite pedestrian, really. You know, it, it, it very slow moving. The Hammer films. The, and this comes along. Fucking hell. And it, it's the... It's the Stephen King quote on the box, isn't it? That's what grabs everyone's attention. And that's all you saw was <laughs> Stephen King, bang. And so you've got to see it. Stephen King says so, bang. You've got to see it, yeah. I mean, it was it was based... Because they, they started off... Sam Raimi, the director, started off making um, 8mm films way back in the day. That, that's how he kind of started off. And he's, he's mates with um, the star, Bruce Campbell, who's now become a massive kind of B-list celebrity, the chin himself. Hail to the chin, baby. And the reason I said this is all about me, essentially because he plays a character called Ashley Williams, or Ash 
or Ashley J. Williams, or Ash, as as he's known um, throughout the entire series of films and the TV series as well later on. But this, they made a short film called Within the Woods, and this is what the Evil Dead kind of spawned out of, wasn't it? It kind of spawned out of yeah. this short film. They raised the money in Michigan from Michigan businesses, put this <laughs> film together. God knows Dentist, what they thought. It was, it was dentists and anyone, anyone who had, you spare a book, give us your money. You know, it, it, pure, the, well, I can never pronounce, entrepren, entrepreneur. Entrepreneurial spirit. That's the word. It's literally made it on, you know, by picking up the boots and just doing it. This is the epitome of do it. Don't just wait for someone else to hang you the money or give you the green light. It's just grab a camera, grab your mates, fuck off, and get it done. Yeah, because he shot shot in in 16 mil, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but then blew it up to 35 mil when he did the transfer over. For the money and what they did, it's it's really imaginative. You can really see Sam Raimi's imagination kind of st- well, kind of growing and bubbling with all the weird camera angles and the the the, the famous point of view shot that mm. they've got now that that he puts in a lot of his films yeah, now. Yeah, there's a bit in the film where essentially you see this evil spirit. You don't see the spirit, but you see the point of view of the evil spirit whipping through the forest at, at a really low level. Now, myself and Richie, when we made films, um, we have we had a phrase, didn't we, mate? We did. <laughs> What would Raimi do? When we didn't know how to do something, we never said no to anything. What would Raimi do? We said, yeah, yeah, we could do that. We could do that. And when we couldn't work out what to do, we'd think, what would Raimi do? And essentially, on The Evil Dead, the reason we came up with that was on The Evil Dead, he didn't have a steady cam, And he wanted to kind of have this low-slung camera whipping through the forest. So what he did was he basically just bolted a camera to a piece of wood and that was his steady cam, yeah. and he now he then called it the shaky cam yeah. for obvious reasons. And they they kind of whipped, they Two kind of people, walked it through the wood. One end, one either end of the plank, and they just run through the woods. There you go. Then ingenuity. There's nothing like the a short, small budget to kind of get your creative juices flowing. As, as people get more and more money, they get lazy because they get the gear. They're less imaginative, mm, I think. Yeah, and then. If you if you if you're struggling to make a film because you don't have the gear, you become a lot more creative. And they had something else as well. Kind of, if I remember right, they called something called the Ramacam. So they wanted they had a glass window and they wanted the demon to go from outside of the, the cabin in the woods, outside the in the in the forest, yeah, into the into the cabin in the woods, essentially. But the thing was, they had to go through a they couldn't afford sugar glass or anything, so they had to go through a plate glass window. So what they did was they strapped a large stick to the bottom of the camera, which was out of view of the lens, and smashed the glass as it went through and put the camera through it. And there you have Ramacam. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I- ingenuity. And that's that's if you take it in that kind of spirit, the film, you can see that all the way through it. I mean, also, as well, he wasn't afraid to shock. And it's famous for the, the tree rape scene in the film. Yeah, he has said that was a bit of a mistake in, now. Yeah, and they have um, many characters, many actors in the film have since said, mm, really? Mm. But it's there. It's in there. And it pulls no, they pull no punches. No. They pull no punches. It's it's, it's quite a brutal scene, really. Yeah. It's essentially a lot of vines rape. 
well, yeah, essentially rape, rape the, the 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 main girl. In it. Um, is it is it Cheryl at that point? Is it Ellen Sandvice? Yes, oh, I'm pretty sure it was Cheryl. Yes. Into the get gets that happened to her. We do revisit that later on. We will cover that, and when we get to the, one of the remakes later, yeah, it and it, has, it had all sorts in it though. It had. Um, back freight, back projection. It had, they used all sorts of gadgets and gizmos, but the makeup effects were all practical. Which uh, again, mm. uh, we didn't have any digital effects back in those days, but no. they're bad practical effects, aren't they? <laughs> they're not good. Oh, class scene, isn't it? It's pretty much. Oh, yeah. You know, the money that that it costs to make, you you see it on screen. It's all there. Mm. There's nothing. It's there, uh, warts and all. Definitely now. IMDb 7.4. That's quite high for a low budget horror film from the 80s. Yeah. And then you've got um, the t- Tomatoes, Critics 85, Viewers 84. 84. Yeah. That's th- high. Again, that's good. I think, I think they're viewing it in the, like, what you said earlier, the spirit it was made in. And I think as well, it, it may taint it somewhat, the love that Bruce Campbell has. You think Bruce Campbell is a star? You think if if you take Bruce out of that film, if Bruce wasn't in it, would it be as high? Well, in the first film, no. Well, possibly not. No, because mm. in the first film, he's a bit of a whiny bitch at the beginning, but later on, he he becomes the kind of the 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 hero, the kind of gun-toting hero mm. that yeah, we, or the or the definitely the start of it. He increases every film his machismo within the film <laughs> and his coolness within the film. It rises um, with every film, yeah. right, right up to the TV series. To be quite frank, I mean he's he's not flaw- he is flawed. He's a flawed character in that a lot of shit happens to him and Sam Raimi put him through a lot of shit, especially in the first two th- two films Oh yeah, where he beats himself up because his hand's possessed and he's literally, there's no stunt double. Mm. It's him throwing himself around, literally doing flips on hard floors yeah. and just absolutely smashing plates and all sorts of stuff all, all over him. But it, the, the filming went on and on. You say it took 12 weeks, but it, it did go on longer than that because essentially well, the yeah. actors started to bugger off because they, they didn't have the money, and so they literally had the core crew. Yeah, that's that's where the 18 months comes in. That's where... All the remakes and all yeah, the, reshoots the reshoots and all the pickups and, and all, all the bits mm. and pieces. So when you look on IMDb, um, the website IMDb, and you look at the, the credit list, <laughs> there's a lot of something called the fake Shemp. Do you know what a fake Shemp is, Richard? Um. Oh, Ashley, okay. Well, Sunday names, is it? Okay. Um, <laughs> it's something to do with the Three Stooges, isn't it? It is, it, yeah. It's um, the now, fourth. Did they replace a stooge or something? And No, so what uh, happened? Well, so Ram, Sam Raimi's a massive Three Stooges fan, and if you watch his films, you can see it a mile away. He puts Three Stooges... Mm. gags in it all the way through poking in the eyes and all the silly noises and all that sort of stuff it's definitely in in the um in the evil dead films all the way through so basically a fake shemp is it's a known term terminology it's it's it's, it's a it's a body double essentially who appears in a film to replace another actor or person who's essentially buggered off or died or unwilling to reprise a role as well let's let's take that into account but essentially yeah you're right it it refers to the three stooges. One of the stooges was called Shemp Howard, and he died of a heart attack at the age of 60. And the stooges still had four shorts left to deliver, so they stood in for him, essentially, in those shorts. That's it, yeah. And that's so... 
And it's been known as that since. So fake Shemp mm. is exactly what it says, but it means body double. So they don't tend to put that on the credits these days, but because he's a big Stooges fan, mm. he did put it on the on the credits as a as that, which I thought was really nice. I thought that was a nice thing. I mean, it's also let's not forget it was it got caught up in the video nasty craze of the early 80s you know along with the yeah some of the film like like the deadly spawn driller killer and driller exterminator had cannibal holocaust it got mm. caught up in them and where they played it for realistic i mean this one is more realistic than the others isn't it to, to be honest the evil dead 2 is not as dead by dawn oh right yeah you're talking about within context of the films of the films, right, yeah, 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 yeah. It's more of a realistic take on, on the horror and the gouging and the cutting and the, oh, all the pencil. rest of it. The, was it the pencil in the? Oh, that still makes me fucking wince. That does. Yeah, it's um, it was done reasonably straight laced. There's a couple of gags in it, but other than that, it's it, it was a, it was a straight out and out horror film. Yeah, on a low budget, mm. it did not do great at the box office initially, but then it got lumped into the video nasty and then everyone wanted to see it yep. because it's a video nasty. And then it started to get its cult following yep. or started to get a following because Bruce Campbell, quite frankly, has a lot of charisma on screen. I don't really know how he's not made it bigger than he actually is, realistically. Back then, not so much nowadays, mm. but back then, he was you know, he was a good-looking chap. He had, he had the Kirk Douglas chin. Yeah, and all the rest yeah. of it, you know? But he was forever lumped in with the B-movie kind of persona. But he has owned that persona and then some. So yeah, if you read his all, he's got a great autobiography called If Chins Could Kill. If you want to know about the make kind of his career, but, but specifically the making of this film as well, it's all in there. And it's really interesting reading. Whenever you see him interviewed, the majority of times you see him interviewed, he's playing essentially Ash Williams, isn't he? He's playing this character. Yeah, he played. Yeah, this yeah, flawed yeah, buffoon. Because Ash Williams is a buffoon, essentially. He's a bit of an idiot. He can kill Deadites very well, um, the evil demons, but he he can't do much else. Quite to frankly, be fair, that's what that's what you want to see, isn't it? You want to see him, and and he is him. I mean, I, I think as you said, as as the films go on, he is becoming yeah who he is on the screen, and I would love to see him, you know, in in the flesh, but yeah, didn't happen. It didn't happen, mate. No, no. I, I, I went fucking COVID. <laughs> myself and Richie were meant to go and see him at a comic con. He doesn't come over to England very, very often to the UK very often. No, and he was at a comic con. It was Wales comic con, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, and I was due. Myself and Richie were due to go, but Richie went and got COVID. I got the fucking COVID. I can't fucking believe it. And so I met him, yeah. <laughs> Richie, and got a load of stuff of Richie's and my book signed. But yeah, I'm not going to rub it in now. But he, we chatted. We chatted for quite a while. I yeah. actually felt sorry for the people behind me because we were talking, myself, uh, <laughs> another friend of mine, and him, we were talking for quite a bit about co- essentially COVID and, not, and the rest of it. But he's a funny guy. He's a very, very funny guy. But it is a persona he puts on. Yeah. You can find some interviews with him where you you find the real Bruce Campbell. He's quite a humble guy. But this persona pretty much is him 90% of the time yeah, when well. he's on, on camera nowadays. So that's The Evil Dead. So that, that was ni- 1981. So then we move on to, well, The Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, 2, essentially. Now, this one... 
I saw this at the cinema. 1987, did you? Yes, I did. I saw okay. this at the pictures in Scunthorpe. Uh, it was a good year, 1987. Robocop and Predator. Yay. And and this. So I missed the first one, but saw the second. And yes, I was underage. I was underage when don't I saw try, this. Don't try and kid anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I was tall, you see. I was tall. So I got in because I was tall. I was tall at a younger age. I just stopped growing. That's why. Yeah, The Evil Dead 2 is probably most people's favourite because it took a turn, did The Evil Dead 2. Yeah. So it's it's 7.7 IMDb, 88 and 89 on the tomatoes. Yeah. So, again, pretty consistent um, across the board. This is a comedy horror, though. Yes. It's, it's This is a comedy horror. This is where it changed it's massively. It's more like this a... Is, it's like a rehash of the first one. Well, it isn't, it isn't. Yeah. Because so, the, fir- the first 15... In the first 15 minutes of this film, you get Evil Dead 1. And the reason they do that is to bring everybody up to date. They didn't have the rights to use the footage from the first film. Ah, yes. Did you, they'd sold the rights, as you do when you're young, in, in well, on your first few films, you lose all well, right he, to them a lot of the time. It was... He'd had um, a few bad films, hadn't he? He tried to make more films of San Raimi, and they weren't received well. And so he was like, "Well, what what do I do?" So he went back to this. And this is there's a lot of slapstick in this. Talking about the Three Stooges, this is where you see the Three Stooges in all of its gory detail. Yeah, Bruce Campbell, he should have got awards for this performance in this. It was absolutely, yeah. it's it's above and beyond. It's ridiculously over-the-top performance, yeah, but yeah. it suits the slapstick nature. So the first 15 minutes is a, is a rehash of, of the first one, essentially, mm. and then it, then it does divert. It brings in new characters. Uh, you've got uh, Dan Hicks as Jake and uh, Denise Bixler as Linda. And- it's the, um, the daughter. Into, it's the, the professor's daughter, the professor from the first film, whose his wife... Is in the cellar. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the yeah, fruit yeah, cellar yeah. beneath it, isn't it? Yeah. And um, so the professor's daughter turns up with more pa- more pages. Let's pour some more fucking petrol on the fire. Hey, Dad, you missed these pages. Hey. So she rocks up with more pages for the, uh, the Book of the Dead. And to find Bruce there, fucked up, lost an arm, lost his hand and all fucked up. Her parents aren't there, so she thinks that Bruce has killed them. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> Hilarity ensues. Yeah, so this, again, directed by um, Sam Raimi, written by Sam Raimi uh, and Scott Spiegel, this one as well. And, yeah, it's it's more of the same horror, but with comedy as the first one. Yeah. And I say this is really where the franchise started. Some of the effects are the better as well better yeah well this had a 3.5 million budget yeah so the effects should be a lot better the, in this one even though some of them are a bit ooh, but the makeup effects they are better yeah definitely yeah and it's I'll, people say ah, it's just a remake it's not a remake it, it it is completely different later on um and this is actually what the music this is really the one that the musical is based off there's um mm. there's an evil dead the musical it's very funny and they kind of base it mainly around the second one. 
So you, you've got the Jake character and the rest of it. And it is, it is very good. I think that's because it's more accessible because of the humour, where the first one is very straight-laced horror. Yeah, it's like you said, that pencil in the ankle, everyone goes, ooh, yeah, yeah it, fucker, it, that's going to yeah, hurt. That does... But in this one, when someone gets stabbed or cut up, essentially, the blood, people go on, you know, you remember Kill Bill? There's a big furore about uh, oh. the blood in Kill Bill. It was over the top and ridiculous. Well, that's what, because he, he changed Have they it... not seen The Evil Dead 2? <laughs> he changed it black and white, didn't it? So when, it went, when Kill Bill went black and white, that's when you knew there was going to be a lot of blood. Because so, then it didn't look like blood, because it's black and white. There, there is oceans, oceans of blood in this film. Absolutely tons of it. When there, someone gets caught, it gushes out, and spurts out, ap- covers absolutely everything, completely nutly over the top. And as as the numbers say, and I'd say it is the better. It's definitely the better of the two films, without a shadow of a doubt. The the guy who did the. Um... Visual effects, is it Jim Appeline? He's gone on to do... I mean, he were involved in the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, he's down for the animation effects sequence. I'm thinking the end of the thing where it pops out the ground and it's the amalgamation of the, the uh, that little bit of stop motion that got, but it got yeah, yeah. cut. I think he was yeah. responsible for that. But um, he was in Ghostbusters. He did effects for V, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, right up to... Mad God. Oh, dear God. <laughs> now, I've seen Mad God. I've yet and to I see want it. Richie, I want Richie to watch Mad God. <laughs> and then, yeah. We're, we're not going to touch on that today. It's madness. So, out of, out of the trilogy, then, we, we haven't covered the last film yet, but no. out of the kind of the original trilogy, shall we say, is this your favourite, or are we coming on to your favourite? I think we're coming on to my favourite. Your favourite, yeah. yeah. The, the the next one's definitely got the majority of the um, the one-liners in. And it has, yeah. The next one is an out-and-out comedy. It's not even a horror, the next one, realistically. It's just... Because at the end of this, you get sucked into a portal. Now, there's two versions of the end of this film, isn't there? I've seen both versions. I thought I was going mad. What, is this Evil Dead 3 you're talking about now? Two, no, two, two, two. Evil Dead 2. There's two versions of the end of this really? film. Really? The only one I've seen is where he ends... He gets sucked back into the... Medieval times. No, 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 no. There is another version. Or is that the end? Is that the ne- or is that the end of the next one? I know there's multiple endings for three. Is it the third one? Am I getting? Am I getting oh, muddled? Oh, yeah, I made, I made a mistake. Is, oh. I'll cut that out. They'll never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I'll do is I'll whisper it. I'll keep it in. I'll keep it. In. My, my mistake. Yeah, I've got mixed up with this with my films. Yeah, there's not a lot more to say about that. It is essentially a, a very similar film, amped up to 11, and a load of comedy. Yeah. And it is funny. It is funny. It is, it is funny. It is played for laughs. And at the end of this one, he gets sucked through a portal back into medieval times. He does, yeah. And then we move on to Army of Darkness, essentially. Evil Dead 3, yeah. Well, no. It's not called Evil Dead 3. But it is. It is cut... But it is Evil Dead 3. And do you know why it's not called Evil Dead 3? I don't, actually. Seriously. Oh, hello. Tell me. So, essentially, it was going to get distributed by Universal, and they didn't want it associated with the other two films because they considered them kind of along the video nasty route. Oh. So they, they, 
insisted that it was called something else and not Evil Dead 3. Okay. So it doesn't, because it was going to be called the Medieval Dead. Now, a lot of people have used that phrase in, in since, to be fair, as a oh, right. as a turn of phrase. Like, going to get medieval on your ass, so the, the Medieval uh... Dead. But, they, so they had to call it the Army of Darkness. Again, it brings you up, like the second one, it brings you up to date. It has, it has flash, flashbacks yeah. to the original film, original two films. But they're not flashbacks because they don't own the rights. So they had to reshoot yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. there's a couple of... I'm not sure if they're credited or not. Actually. I'm just having a quick scan down the list of people in this film. Um, what, one person we didn't mention in the, in the previous film was Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi plays a possessed Henrietta in, in the previous film. So Ted Raimi is um, explaining Sam Raimi's brother, the director's brother. And he gets put into this massive fat suit of this kind of demonic demon called Henrietta that comes uh, back. Yeah, he's, he's the professor's wife then in the fruit cellar. Yeah. And he, he gets used as a lot of things, essentially. Sam Raimi is a, is a stand-in for a lot of characters. If we, can't, if we need someone to stand in the background, Ted Raimi is the man. Um, and he appears, I think, four or five times in, in Army of Darkness in various guises. Mm. Yeah. So that's why I thought I'd throw that in there very quickly. But this one, yeah, so this picks up exactly as the other one did, straight after the previous film. Yeah. But again, they couldn't use the previous footage. So they had to they had to reshoot scenes from the earlier films <laughs> to use as flashbacks because they used, couldn't you get the footage. And one of the people in that flashback scenes was Bridget Fonda. Yes, his girlfriend. At the time, yeah, they were all friends. All, I think they all lived yeah. in the same house. There's a big bunch of them. And there is another kind of very obscure named actor in it who plays the flying demon, or shall I say the flying goblin. Would that give you a hint? He's not green in this one. Right. It's William Defoe. Really? William Defoe apparently played the flying goblin. Who would have thought? But anyway, there you go. So let's talk about the army of darkness. So he gets whisked off into this portal, back to medieval times, with... One of a few reoccurring props. So in the earlier films, uh, Richie mentioned earlier that he cuts off his hand, which he does. But he cuts off his hand with the infamous chainsaw, which appears in all of the films. Yeah. He also has a double-barreled shotgun in all of his films. Mm -hmm. um, his boomstick, boom as he stick. calls it in this film. But there is one other item that appears in all of Sam Raimi's films, not just the Evil Dead. The Oldsmobile. It is. It's the it's 1973 car. Oldsmobile Delta 88, the car that appears in all of the films. The car is the star. In the first film, they drive it to the <laughs> forest. In the second film, they, the car is still around. He just to drive away, tries to drive away in it. In the third film, it falls through time with him yeah. somehow, uh, with his boomstick and the chainsaw. Yeah, this is essentially a swashbuckling medieval oh, comedy romp it is absolutely it's fucking hilarious the first time i watched this it was on video and it was when i was in the military and we all went round our room my room and we were laughing that loud it was midnight the people who lived above us the next day took me to one side what the fuck were you sorry oh sorry 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 no 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 what were you watching it sounded like you're having such... We we, uh, we want to watch it. <laughs> Honestly, I thought they were going to, you know, give us a right good bollocking for waking them up because they were on, on days, on a day shift the next day. But no, they wanted to know what we were watching because it sounded so, mm. such good fun. <laughs> oh, oh, it's here. 
watch it. Yeah. Evil Dead 3. Yeah, it is good. It is it is exceedingly funny, and there are absolutely tons of um, one-liners all the way through this. It's, oh, it's <laughs> the throwaway ones, the throwaway lines. Um, well, we went through them all at the oh, beginning. Oh, there's, there's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to keep repeating them because there's, there's, there's more. You know, when he he's he gets the book and he's they think he's banished the evil, and they're like, "Oh, our savior, our savior, yeah, 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 our savior, yeah, yeah." And he gets fed up with the adulation. Yeah, yeah, fuck off. Just get the fuck out of my face. It just fucking <laughs> pushing them away. Fuck off. <laughs> But it's 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 how he portrays how he carries himself. He's just like he's downtrodden. He's oh, for fucking hell. Oh. Well, there's one there's one fucking this, but there is a massive geezer of blood uh, from the pit demon uh, when he kill, when he kills the pit demon. But other than that, there isn't any blood in this. This is not a horror film. These no. skeletons and stuff like this, but they're comedy skeletons. They're really badly mm. done. There's a lot of this again animatronics, but it, again the budget here is massive, isn't it? It is. I, I don't know what the budget for this one was, if I'm honest, but you can tell it's raised. They've raised um, the game a little bit on, on in this one, and the direct. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out. Um, the director of photography on this. The director of photography is Bill Pope. Bill Pope, yeah. Uh, now he's done a lot of stuff. He has done a lot. He's he's done some videos for one of your favourite uh, pop groups on the Hit Parade, hasn't he? Has he? Who's who's he done? Metallica. Oh, has he done Metallica yeah, stuff? Has he's he? A oh, there you go. Cool. One. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't claim you don't know it. Come on. I don't know. I don't, I don't know who did the video. Sing it, me. No one wants to hear me sing that. <laughs> No one wants to hear that. But he's done Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, more recently, Scott Pilgrim, mm. Preacher. Now, that, that was good. He did only one episode of Preacher, but he's done Spider-Man 2, so he worked with Raimi again after that as well. He's done Baby Driver, Jungle Book. But primarily, the big one here, and we're both nodding and we haven't been primed, Yeah, The Matrix. And the sequels. He was the cinematographer on The Matrix. Yeah. Now, that... A groundbreaking film indeed, and you know. Mm. So this guy, Mr. Bill Pope, is the man. Yeah. So this film looks good. Yeah. As yeah. well as um, as anything else. So this is just just essentially, it's him trying to get back, but get back in time essentially, but has to dispatch the deadites who who are there as well. Now, another, I'm going to call out somebody else in this film. Well, there's a number of things to call out, but one person specifically, I think it's a guy called Bill Bergman. Bergman, I think his name is. Bergen. He plays the pit demon, essentially. It's essentially a guy in a mask. Mm. The mask doesn't even move. It's There's a lot of that in this film because it's such a big, epic kind of film. Is this the one that does the flip-flap? The flip-flap thing, yeah. 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 But he also played the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> Skills. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, he didn't kind of stretch stretch himself too much too much further. Did, do you know what this film is called in Japan? I don't. Educate me. Captain Supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Supermarket. No, there's a t-shirt in there. There you there, yes. there, there's, a, there's a deep cut t-shirt. No one's thought of yet. Yes. So, That's yes. fantastic, yes. So the um, 
the, the alternate endings, isn't there? So these. Um... Well, it's not just alternate endings. It's alternate. There's loads of cuts to this film. So there's the European cut. There's the UK cut. There's an American cut. Yeah, there's four. But then you've there? got the endings as well, because the Europe, um, the Europeans, and possibly us as well, because I've seen the film. We got a longer version than the Americans. Maybe we got a longer attention span. Who knows? Who knows? But we got a longer version. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, because I haven't seen a shortcut, I do not know. Mm. But you're right, there are multiple endings to this film. Now, I was go- I thought I was going mad, because I saw this, and then I saw a different ending, and I thought, whoa, 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 hang on, that's not how this film ends. Yeah, yeah. So what are the, what are the different endings? So you've got the one where the, the Merlin character, who concocts the, the potion that puts him to sleep, one drop is, was it 100 years? 100 years, yeah. So uh, he needs to take six... Six drops, I think. And because he's a buffoon, he forgets. Yeah. he's So he's there. They put him in a cave with his car. It's still it, it's still there. Yeah. And he's got his little um, drops. And he's one, two, three, four, five. And he, he gets to five. And there's, something happens, a noise. And he's like, oh, what the fuck's that? Five. So he, he does two fives. Yeah. Hits, hits the sixth. And off he goes. And he wakes up. And it's after like a third world war or something. There's been an apocalypse or some description. Yeah, there's an apocalypse. He's all long hair, torn clothes, and he's it's all fucked up. And the other version is he's back in the the Smart supermarket where he works, yeah. and where um, the, a demon attacks again. A demon attacks him. Yeah, yeah. And that's where he comes out with um, a couple of his. Oh, he's fam- probably one of his famous lines. Hail to the king, baby. Just Bridget Fonda's the checkout girl, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. So, is, is it, now this is meant to be set in England. It doesn't really say that, but it's it's meant to be, because Arthur's the king, isn't he? Of the, and he, he has to fight, is it Eric the Red? Or the ginger army of Eric the Red? Yeah. And when he, when he comes out of his cave at the end, he looks like Big Ben. Yeah, big Ben's old background. You know, but the like. thing is, it's meant it's meant to look like England, and they they, they have a big they have a big castle. It's yeah. only a model, but it's um they have a big castle, but badly composited in. But to be uh, honest, you don't really you don't care, do you? You don't care if he starts off in the woods in America, ends up in England. Depending on which ending you watch, he either ends up in England, apocalypse England, or he ends up back in America. Yeah, you somehow. don't really fucking yeah. care, do you? It doesn't matter now, does it? Let's be, <laughs> let's be honest. A lot went on in this, because it was meant to be set in England, but it did look like the back lot of um, Los Angeles. Quite, It was quite dusty, um, quite um, deserty, because we have a lot of deserts in England, but uh, I suppose it, it, well, it could, maybe Europe, maybe, I don't know. It could have been in Spain or something like that. But the, there is a they do use a really iconic location don't they in the film do you know what i'm talking about the vasquez rocks oh, the vasquez rocks yeah star trek yeah used in star trek where kirk fought the gorn and initially that was that's where it kind of became famous but and uh bill and ted's bogus yeah, bill journey. and ted used it as well but it appeared in this as well because you know we have them in england mm. but why not who cares it doesn't matter because it's funny there's there's a story of um one one of the guys uh, producing helped produce the film um, with Sam Raimi says they were looking at the storyboards, and he says, uh, "So the next next scene coming up, then he said you got four deadites. I think it's the special lead special effects guy on the film. He says you got four deadites on the spot on the storyboard in the background. How many do you, how many do you want? You know, in, on camera. 
And he says, uh, so Sam Raimi goes, well, how many have we got? He says, well, we've got about 175 models and stuff. He says, well, I want 175 then, please. <laughs> so he's like, okay. So on, on the next story, he says, so you've got um, five in this one. How many have you got? How many did you say we have? 175. I want 175 in the background again. And that, that's, um, that's Sam Raimi's, he'll go all out regardless of damn expense and cost and did, time. This one, yeah, IMDb 7.4. When we look at the others, which is... So it's, 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 a, it's around the same. I mean, the first one's 7.4, yeah, yeah. Um, the Tomatoes, 69% for the critics. For the reviewers, yeah. 87% for the audience. Well, of course, the audience knows. Audience always right. Yeah. Uh, now, the thing with this one, though, is, like I said, it was released, and it was released as an army of darkness. It had nothing to do with the evil dead, mm. and the publicity around it wasn't really kind of around the evil, the marketing wasn't around the evil dead. So a lot of people didn't realise it was linked to the evil, or after about 15 minutes of watching the film, you know damn well what it's linked to. But yeah. leading up to it, no, because because Universal didn't want it to. So I think that's what the initial the initial kind of slump was with the reviews. Mm. And then it obviously gained ground again, and everyone loves it, as you'd expect. But then there's always a talk after that of a fourth movie. It's never materialised, did it? No. Um, they just couldn't get schedules together, or schedules, if you're American. And it just didn't happen. There was comics, and there was video games. of Yeah, the TV series. But... It came down to Ash versus Evil Dead TV series, which let's. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. We're not gonna talk about this so much, but it kind of. It finished off really well. Everyone wanted to see more Ash Williams, more Sam Raimi wrote and directed uh, one of the episodes. It was phenomenal. It was very very well done. It was very funny. It was incredibly funny. It's exactly what everyone wanted to see, and the numbers show this. I have not. You don't get this very often on IMDb. Eight point four on IMDb. Ninety nine percent for the critics and ninety five for the for a TV series. For a TV series. Shit. Massively kind of loved because Fuck. they brought back these characters and they ramped everything up. Yeah. Mm. They ramped. They put, now this is set thirty years later, and they played it as that. And he's an older guy now. He's, he's not doing all the craziness, but he's just a. A burnt-out, smart-ass. This follows on from Evil Dead 2. No, this follows on pretty much from Evil Dead 3. Does it? But, but yeah, he's back in S-Mall. They can't, again, they don't have the rights to the films, so they can't call it S-Mart. It was E-Mart or something. But he doesn't talk about the time travel. No, he doesn't. No. It's, this, does he? So it, it, so it is, character-wise, it's the second film. Ah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but it kind of so, picks you know, up with him back in it, um, S Smart, where he's back in the. Um, oh yeah. So I, I would say it, it's it's after the third film. Yeah. I'd say it's thirty years after the first film. He doesn't talk about it, no, but I would say it's it's happened. I mean, I've watched it a couple of times now. The series, and I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. In the series, you have Ray Santiago, um, Donna. De Lorenzo and the mighty Lucy Lawless. You've also you've also got a Ted Raimi, obviously always has to appear. Mm. Michelle Hurd as well. Michelle Hurd. Yeah, she's off Picard. She's uh, she's more famous off Picard now. She 
plays one of the main characters in that. Um, it's very, very good. It's got a massive, massive cast list, massive budget. I mean, who do you who do you have to play his father? The one person I haven't mentioned because mm. I, I left it to you, mate. The Bionic Man himself, Lee Majors. There you go. Awesomeness. Yeah, to play his dad, a dick of a dad. So you <laughs> yeah. kind of see, there's actually some. Um, character arc here for, for for ash williams you actually see why he's a dick essentially and he's got it from his dad his dad's yeah. an immense dick the thing is with this is there's a couple of things with this we're not going to talk about it massively the, the delta appears massively in this hmm. the, the, the delta car appears massively he even gets possessed it's very funny and he's actually an incredibly gory scene they don't cut back on the gore on this one no they no. lay it on massively thick they play up that he's an old man he's he's, ve- he's very funny in this bruce campbell probably at his best really especially the later things that he's done but they released it on stars yeah. Who the fuck watches Stars as a streaming service? I think that's isn't that why it got canned after like three series because because it didn't have the viewing figures. Yeah, because nobody was watching it because nobody watched it because no one has Stars. For Everyone fuck's was sake. was streaming it from illegal streams and yeah and what have you. So it it just be wasn't cost effective because. They weren't getting the revenue. So they released, they it then went on to, I think it's still on there, especially in the UK, on Netflix. And it's found a new audience. Everyone's going, oh my God, when did you guys do this? Well, yeah, we released it on Stars. Yeah, so a long time and no ago. One fucking, no one fucking saw it. But it's great. If you like The Evil Dead, if you go back and watch these films, watch them in the spirit that, that they are in, intended. Mm. They are comedy, slapstick, silly horror, apart from the first one, which is just low budget. The, the TV series, yes. it, it just didn't happen for the full mm. series. But I think it's nice, ends yep. where it does for Ash Williams. Then we get the reboots. Now this, we've got The Evil Dead and The Evil Dead Rise. We do. Now, I'm very aware, I did say earlier on we we're going to run over, and we are probably going to run over on this one. We don't do it very often, but this one is a, we're talking about five films here, and these, we could save these for another podcast, but I think we should include them in this one. Yeah. So let's talk about The Evil Dead. So let's talk about the figures first. The, the figures for The Evil Dead, mm. in my view, do not do it justice. This, so this is the, 19, um, the 2013 re- reboot. I concur with you on this one. I am. Um, when I saw the figures, I was, I was shocked, in all honesty. So everyone else, everybody wanted, and me included, but I thought the series kind of wrapped Ash's story up quite thin. Well, I didn't wrap it up, but it, you, you got enough. Because the episodes were short, you could consume them very quickly, only half an hour long. This is different. This got this harkens back a little bit to the first film. Now, the first film, the, the spirit of the first film was an out-and-out horror, uh, trying to scare people. And this is an out-and-out horror gore fest. Horror, yeah. There's, it's not, there's no comedy in this. No, no. There, now, there is a lot of nods to the films, obviously, and it's based mainly around the first film, this one. And it's directed by Fede Alvarez. Now, Fede Alvarez has done a number of things, mm. but me and you found him very early on, didn't we? I know, I know. I was thinking, I wonder if he's found this. I was like, I hope he hasn't, but you have. Of course I have. <laughs> I've <did> research, mate. <laughs> Back in the day. Well, I'm just looking when this, 2009 this was released. He did a short film about a big robot attacking Earth, but it was incredibly good. Panic Attack. An yeah. incredibly well shot on a minuscule budget. Damn it. I honestly thought, 
I thought, no, he'll find this out. Oh, fucking hell. You're right, I did. Yeah, of course he Yeah, and it's, it's incredible. And I, I can't remember if it, I, I found it first and showed you. Or... I think you found it, you, you showed me. Did I show you, did you? Yeah, I can't remember, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what people are creating as short films. I went, mm. oh, my God. We're... Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow, okay. Do you know um, what, he's, what he's working on at the moment? Go on, tell me. Alien Romulus. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's true. I did know that. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I have read that. And when I now, Alien Romulus is the new Alien TV series which will coming out will coming out next year. But the following suit, aren't they, with the the Alien? And I'll I'll touch on this again when we do Evil Dead Rise. But with the Alien films, it's they pick up and coming different directors to do them. Yeah, I had the same fit when I heard they were doing the new Alien film, uh, Aliens TV series. I was like, oh, that's exciting. But Prometheus was shite for a number of reasons. It looked gorgeous, but it was there were some good elements in it. But overall, it wasn't a great film. I, I thought the next the next one in the series was better, but it was a bit. It felt a little bit like, oh, please don't be shit. If you're doing a TV series, you've got a lot more. You can, you can scope it out a lot more. Mm. There's a, there's a role playing game called Alien, which really goes into the backstory of all the different organizations and the big the big kind of companies that are running the worlds, the outer worlds, and all the rest of it. I thought, please go into that side of it. I thought, oh, just don't get someone decent to um to direct it. And it was a little bit like when I heard about Blade Runner. You know they're, they're doing the the um, sequel to Blade Runner. You think, oh no, oh no, why no? Leave it alone. Yeah. And then you found out who was directing it, and you just thought, oh, okay, okay, give it a chance. Yeah. And it was brilliant. It was very, very good. So I'm hoping that Ferdi Alvarez does the same. So when I heard he was directing it, I was like, oh well, well, I feel a little better about it now. Yeah. You know, so it's in good hands. So hopefully he'll. He'll probably direct a few, and then he'll be the showrunner, won't he? I'm, I'm assuming, I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. But we're talking about the Evil Dead, I say, from 2013. They replace Ash Williams with uh, Mia, who is a recovering drug addict. Yeah. They go to the c- cabin for her rehabilitation with her brother and uh, some friends. They find the book and pretty much follows the plot of the first film, but deviates enough away from that mm. and has some nice nods to it. Uh there's a bunch of actors in it. Uh, Jane Levy plays Mia. Incredibly good performance from her. I thought Jane Levy was very good because in this one, yeah. uh, she is obviously the, the lead and then she gets possessed and then she gets better again and then ends up fighting herself. Spoiler alert. We are spoilerific. I did. <laughs> I should have. I've just completely fucking ruined it. Well, yeah. It's... There's a lot more goes on than that. I haven't ruined the film in the slightest, but it is incredibly no. gory. In- yeah. Incredibly bloody. 70,000 gallons of fake blood used, and you see it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking there. It's raining blood. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Later on. Christ. Um, now, it's written by Fader Alvarez as well, and Ro- oh, I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, but oh. Rodo. Sayagi, yeah, sorry. Sayagis, apologies for, for butchering his name. He's but... writing um, Alien Romulus as well. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, good, good, good. All good then, because I thought this was a decent remake, uh, a decent step away from the franchise and revisiting the actual horror route. Um, some ni- nice nods to, to the original um, as well. It's, it's like a nice gag in, in, this, in the tool shed, isn't there? where she's trying to find a weapon, and she goes from one to the next to the next to the next, and it's it's escalating up to the chainsaw, obviously. But 
There's little, there's little things like that. There's a nail gun, isn't there, in this? There's a nail gun. Yeah, a nail gun gets used, yeah. She doesn't chainsaw off her arm in this. She uses a bread knife, oh. uh, an electric bread knife, which is incredibly gory. Oh, Christ, Because yeah. you see it all. It's it, it, yeah. the, the horror and the gore aspect of this is incredibly strong. It's, it, yeah. And it is grim. The guy who actually reads the book and listens to the tapes and stuff in this one, he's the one that gets nailed, isn't he? Nail gunned. Yeah. And he's, he, turns, he looks like fucking Pinhead by the oh. Pinhead from Hellraiser by the time he's finished. You feel for him. He really does go through the rigor in this film. I mean, the, the numbers on this, IMDb 6.5. I don't get it. Rotten Tomatoes, 63% for the critics, 64% for the, for the audience. Now, I think it's twofold. It's not funny. And when Evil Dead, you know, you've got your, your, the Army of Darkness, funny. Evil Dead 2, it's, it's people, I think people were expecting a comedy. Mm. There's no Bruce Campbell in it. And I think that's what's damaged it. But uh, if you'd not seen the others or weren't aware that he was part of a franchise, it, it, you, you'd be like, fucking, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. And even I am aware of all the the baggage behind it all. I've seen, um, I've watched it again recently, and I'm like, yeah, I still like it. It's this one is, in my opinion, this is the one that's scary. Yeah, I agree. Out of the five films, this is scary. Yeah, this is your horror film. Yeah, if you want the comedy horror, go to number two or three. Yeah, the first three are different films to this, completely different. Yeah. This is a modern take on. An old, an eighties kind of horror schlock film. I, I'm with you, mate. I, mm. I know we don't always agree, but in this case, and I wasn't sure about this, and we haven't spoken about the next one either. No. So I don't know what your take is on that. But we'll come on to that in a minute. Again, the book's well done. It, it, it expands more on on the on the mythos behind it all as well. So in this one, you can kill the deadites. It shows you these three ways of killing the deadites. Yeah. Yeah. By burying them, burning them, dismembering them. Because in the other ones, you couldn't kill them. Unless it was a 12-gauge shotgun, they didn't seem to die. Yeah. Uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't burn them, you couldn't dismember them, they it, just kept coming did, back. It didn't matter, they just kept coming back, yeah. Until you used, used that shotgun, <laughs> it didn't matter. Yeah. And again, it's just so good. It's a gritty horror film. I really, really liked it. Now, the cinematography in this film is really good. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Now that the cinema the cinematographer in this one is Aaron Morton. Yeah. I'm gonna read out a few things he's done and you'll know why he's good, okay? So he, he was working on Spartacus, the TV series. Now that's not an easy task with managing all of that lot. He then went on to what did an episode of American Gods, Orphan Black, Black Mirror. Black Mirror yeah. So again, you're cutting your you're cutting your teeth and uh... on TV and working in TV. Because that's the stronger medium, I think, these days. You're getting more out of it. Rings of power. I know a lot of people, they don't, you know, oh, it's not true to the books and this, that, and the other. Well, they're wrong. But cinematography-wise, you know, nails it. He's he's got these lingering shots from behind, so you can't see what's happening. The character's doing something, and you can't see. And he keeps the shot behind. He builds that suspense up before he gives you the reveal or not, in some cases. It's really, really good. It kind of struck me how powerful 
cinematography and di- obviously comes from the director as well but the, the director and the cinematography is in this and the, the actual look of it as well the raining blood outside oh it could have just been dark and gritty and horrible. oh it is dark and gritty and horrible but you see it. it could have been too dark as we will fucking find out in the next film you see it it's you know it's silhouetted silhouetted in blood oh. fuck me it's just really well shot yeah really really well shot I can't i can't say enough about it i really liked the, it the numbers don't do this justice no and then we've got the composer i love the soundtrack to this film we did mention the soundtrack in the last film actually danny elfman had a little bit of a hand in the medieval dead as i'm going to call yeah, it he, he does a theme it's uh joseph laduca who's done evil dead one the 1981 version evil dead two and evil dead three now if you want to buy the soundtrack for the evil dead 1981 i've got a copy of it and it's signed by the chin himself now, depending on, you know, numbers, it's slightly north of £300. I don't know why. It just is. I mean, the music in the third film is very biblical, epic isn't it? It's that kind of yes. sword and sandals kind That's, of yes, music. Exactly, yes, yes. And it suits the silly comedy of the, of the film. But the music in this, in the Evil Dead 2013 version, was by a guy called Roque Abanos. I'd say Rock Banos. Rock Banos, rock, okay, rock Banos. okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, yep. I say my pronunciations of names um, are legendarily bad. <laughs> He's done a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of st- st- stuff, um, films not in the English language. Yes. But he's done Don't Breathe 2. He's done The, the Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Um, anyone who's working with Terry Gilliam is good in my book. Yeah. Um, and Heart of the Sea as well. So he's, he has done some big ones amongst a lot of stuff you probably haven't heard of. And it's a really good soundtrack. And it's an inventive soundtrack as well because he uses – to very good effect. The sound of a siren from a from like a from like a fairground mm. is built into it. If you listen to the soundtrack, you'll hear it. Yeah, watch um, the film. Watch the film. Just watch the film. You'll hear it. It's very very clever. I absolutely yeah, love it. This film definitely deserves more love. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those ones. It's it's it needs to be watched. It needs to be. It's quite shameful to be fair. <laughs> it is. It's a cracking horror film, yeah. and it's a horror film. Yeah. Take it. It's not a Bruce Campbell film. Although they, I know they produced it and Sam Raimi produced it, but it's not a horror film. It's just got the same name. It's based on the same kind of the same situation mythos with the deadites and the book and all the rest of it. They're using the Book of the Dead or one of the books of the dead, mm. as there are three of them. Yes, and it does it very, very well. Is it a retread? Yes, it is a retread, but it's a new take on it, and it's done incredibly well. Yeah. And it's it, it even has now. This is this is the other film that has. The tree sequence. Yes. It has, again, it's not as blatant this time, but it still is quite, well, it is quite great, actually. Yeah. She still gets raped by the tree, but it's done in such a way, I think in this one, it's not so much rape, it's more of the reinfestation of, well, it's her getting possessed, essentially. Because yeah. um, this starts the beginning of her possession, if I remember mm. rightly. The, the way I saw it was it's her battling with the drug addiction, and that's a, that's the manifestation of it, and she fen- essentially faces herself at the end, fighting her drug addiction. Mm. Yeah. I won't say if she beats herself or not. You'll have to watch. Get it watched. And that brings us up to date with the final film, which is why we've called it Rise of the Evil Dead. This is Evil Dead Rise yeah. from 2023. Yeah. Written by Lee Corrin. Yep. Directed by Lee Corrin. Yep. We have deliberately not spoken about this. He's done other stuff. He's done Master Plan, Ghost Train. Holding the ground. He, he won an, a, a nomina- well, he, nomination, a Saturn Award for that, which is a breakthrough director, which 
again takes me back to the picking you know different people to direct these films it mirrors in my view the alien the alien thing the picking people you know oh he's up and coming what can you do with this Mm. you know like i say he wrote it oh yeah so what do you think of the film richie it started amazing yeah the first 10 minutes i thought was absolutely blinding yeah that bit where it comes out of the lake that shot yeah i was like i was like oh, i'm loving this we're in it that that's a t-shirt in itself that is a poster in itself that is a cracking shot yeah and it had evil dead rise behind yeah. it and it looked amazing absolutely i won't say what it is because i don't want to ruin it too much i know we do give spoilers out but yeah it's a it's a cracking start it is blinding and i thought fuck this is we're on we're on it we're on it. And then what what they essentially what they do, they then it goes it moves from one location into twenty four hours previous. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah. I don't, well it it comes full circle at the end, but yeah. it, it moves it into a apartment block, a block of flats essentially. Yeah. And a very small cast. It's kept within mm. pretty much a few rooms in the parking lot downstairs. The building's called Monday. Yeah. Which is a anagram. Anagram of Demon. Demon, aren't we all clever? Now, there are some good bits in it. It just seemed a step back from Evil Dead 2013. Yeah. You got the gore, you got the the graphic gore, you got the character development of of sorts within the film, the good script and the rest of it, and the good cracking acting, actually, in 2013. This one, not as much, I didn't think. When I saw the characters, I'm like, there's kids. (laughs) Oh, There we go. You set Richie there's off. Kids, and I'm like, he doesn't like kids in films. Oh God, there's kids. <laughs> this is an Evil Dead film, but you've got kids in it. How are you going to handle the gore? And to be fair, to be fair, even though the the characters, and you know, um, take away the actors, the characters were pretty one dimensional. Yeah, they they were involved in the gore. They didn't shy them away from it. No, and obviously. On the film set, when, you, when you're when you dealing with something like that or bad subject matter, you either film it separately or you show them everything, don't you? So it's not it's not horrific yeah. um, whilst they're doing it. I mean, that's the way they get around it. But um, the, the actors in this, you've got Mary Arbor Pease, um, Richard um, Crouchley, Anna Marie Thomas, Lily Sullivan, Noah Paul. There's, 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 a, bunch, there's a bunch of them. It's, it's, not, it's not a massive cast. I just didn't think it was great. I thought even the gore, the gore was a step... A massive step back. It cut away. It was too... I'm going to come on to that. Oh, fuck it. I've mentioned it now. It was too dark. Now, I don't know how it was when you watched it, right? But I watched it. I'm going to call them out. The View Cinema. Okay? I watched it in a View Cinema. And this is not the first time I've watched something in a View Cinema. And the fucking film is way, way too dark. Now, I don't know if they've calibrated it for 3 It's It's been used as 3D in the past. In a three, because Avatar's been and gone recently. If they've not recalibrated it properly again for a two D film, right. but this was, I could, if the cinematographer, the editor, and the colorist have left it in this state, I would be fucking amazed. Now, I think there there should be some standing to account here. Quite frankly, all right. if all this money has been spent on the film and, and then it's been projected and delivered badly by a cinema chain as large as View, I think it's fucking disgusting. 
And in one film, I actually went and complained. I can't remember what the film was. It was, it was ages ago. And it, and it, in fact, I remember what it was. It was Star Trek. It was the second, the the, the one with Khan in it, the new one. And it was dark. Uh. And I was like, it can't be this dark. This is bullshit. And I went outside and some other people came out with me and we complained. And they said it had been re- reset for 3D. Uh. I think when I watched this, the same thing happened. Could not see a fucking lot of it. And it pissed me off. See, I no watched end. it in a showcase and yeah it's fine it's fine as far as i can tell it, it was it was well fine. view cinema you need to sort your shit out because quite frankly it's fucking abysmal you wonder why people aren't going back to the cinema after covid because you can't be fucking asked to, to sort your cinemas out properly and actually project the film the way it should be seen now that is going to affect partially my thoughts on this film i have uh. to say it was edited by Brian Shaw. I can't find... Uh, I didn't find out who, who did the colour on on this one, but the colourist is the one who kind of gives it a grade, gives the film a look, because it gets filmed in different lights and all the rest of it, and they can pull out dark scenes and lessened light scenes and so on and so forth, it, and they give it a certain look. If you think think about The Matrix, a lot of The Matrix is green. The colourist will be partially to do with that. Cameron Blue. Or the Cameron Blue, or the Michael Mann Blue as well. as Michael other. Mann Blue, yeah. Dante Spinotti. He's he's your um your Michael Mann blue guy, yeah. He, he's your um your photography on that one. But the one thing I did thought was very good actually in this film. Now we don't normally talk about this in films because you just kind of accept it. I actually thought the set decoration was very good. I thought the flat look lived in the the apartment block inside was very lived in, and it's by a guy called Gareth Edwards. Not the not that no, Gareth Edwards. I saw that with Gareth Edwards. Fucking hell. Oh, it's not him. <laughs> no, it's not him, no. Um, and he, he's done other stuff. He's done like, Guns Akimbo, which I watched the other day, which is absolutely bonkers film. Power of the Dog, which was an incredibly good film. Mulan and the Meg and Sweet Tooth, which is um, a TV series as well. So uh, he also did Ash vs. the Evil Dead as well for all tw- for 20 episodes. Yeah. So does... he's got he's got a lot of... Um, he, knows what, he knows what he's doing. And I just thought, set director... Gareth Edwards, or set decoration by Gareth Edwards. What a good job. It really did ground the film. I felt like I was in that flat. Now, it's just a shame the direction and the story and some of the acting didn't live up to it. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're being chased by a, by a demon, you run away. You don't run away into the next room. No. You know, I'm out the door, despite, you know, what's... well. What happens? How did the de- how did people get possessed? Well, in this film, they they got possessed because they there was an earthquake. So yes, yeah, so it's, it's set in a, it's a, an apartment block. There's an earthquake whilst they're in an apartment block, and a fissure, shall we call it, a crack opens up underneath the building. Some of the kids have gone out for pizza. They find on the way back, they found the, the pizza. Did you notice what the pizza was called? Yeah, Henrietta Pizzas. Henrietta, there you go. A nod back to nod back to Evil Dead Two and the monster played by Ted Raimi. And they go down, they find they find the book, but they also find some they find like a bank vault down there. And in there they find the book. And they also find some records. Now I quite like this. I've got an issue with this. I don't like how records are being portrayed as being portals of evil. <laughs> you can fuck right off. Real to real tapes, yes. Who the fuck has a real to real Yes, please. You you do that shit all you like. Records, fuck off. It happened in Trick or Treat, and now it's happening here. You can 
get to fuck. They didn't even have to play it backwards. Yeah. They didn't even have to play it backwards. <laughs> they just played it forward. And it was a recording of a church service where they're essentially they're reading from the Book of the Dead or one of the versions of the Book of the Dead. This one does look different to the other ones. It is still meant to be bound in flesh. That's it, though, isn't it? Because they make reference to there's three of them. So They do in this film, yeah. I'm thinking is the first one, or one of them, is the one in that's in the 2013 film. Mm-hmm. One in this one. Where's the third one? Are we going to see another Evil Dead film? Cabin in the woods, oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah, there, there will be another one, won't there, um, uh, of this so, film. But where will the third one be? Who knows? Anyway. Yeah, I, I quite like the record idea. I, I thought it was quite good. Did you recognise anything on the, about the record at all? It's Bruce Campbell doing the uh, reading. Destroy it! It's called the Book of the Dead for a reason. <laughs> it's Bruce Campbell. Yeah, it's Bruce Campbell shouting out. He's one of the she- he's one of the hecklers in, on the record. Yeah. When we're in the cinema, we um, I went with my partner and we both looked at each other. And, yep, there you go. <laughs> yeah. She goes, yeah. I went, yep. yep. <laughs> That's right. It was. So, and there's lots of other nods as well to to other parts of it as well. There's there's a bit where she's. He's reading a book, Wuthering Heights, and the demon is speaking the words on the page, even though she can't see it. And that's a bit of a nod to, I think it's the first or second film. Playing where cards. The predicting, playing cards, predicting the cards yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that, you know, that's fine. I, I do like little nods like that, some obscure nods. So after like he's, they find the records, they take it back upstairs, he plays the records, tries to open the book, but they can't. But he cuts himself and the blood from a cut. Because there's like teeth, isn't it? There's, it's, it's, it's teeth around it. It reminded me of the book out of yeah. Harry Potter. <laughs> the one that's under the bed. <laughs> yeah, the one that's yeah. under the bed, yeah. <laughs> and um, he cuts himself on the teeth and the blood falls. It's very, very Hellraiser-esque, wasn't it? That, yeah. yeah, it falls onto the, the cover and the blood soaks in and then all of a sudden it opens. And so playing the records, reading the book. Now, in the 2013 one... When the book opened and it, you know, they flick through the pages and you see it foreshadows what's coming. Yes. You see a lot in the book. You see a lot of what you're going to see in real life. Now, in this one, you don't. It's a different book, though, It goes it? through the pictures. You know, there's, there's that, like, octopus thing coming out, tentacly thing coming out. I thought, oh, we're going to get a thing mm. or some description. But no, no, didn't get anything like that. Uh, you just got this kind of Morpheus. It could be a different because it's a different book. Yeah, but come on. I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just saying. Don't defend it. You know, it's a different book. You can't have the same. Like the, even the gore. The gore was kind of off camera. It was poor. It's. I'm not. All, I'm not a gore hound by any stretch of the imagination. I, 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 but if you're going to do something like this, you show it. Mm. And they didn't really show it here. They just bits going through a rock crusher and stuff like that. And it's just, you just saw the blood I mean, and shit the, fly out the other end. It just sort of a bit shit. It could have been done a lot better. Well, the, kid, the kid's mum, Alyssa Sutherland, plays Ellie. Now, she's all over this. She's the the face of the film and the, the poster. In the trailer, you see more of her than just about everybody else. And she's... I'd, she's chewing the scenery in this. She's yeah. I mean, there's a bit where she's doing a lullaby and she's trying. She's singing that lullaby, trying to get her a, get a kid to open the door and let her back in. But I, I, and I know that that's used again um, in 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 other versions of the film. But I just thought it's just bollocks because she, she's looking at her through the spyglass through the you know the spy hole in the door, the peephole in the in the door, and she looks well fucked up. You, no matter what she's singing, you would not let her in. Why did the demon just not change back into normal, then let her do the lullaby and let her in? Yeah. It's just little things. Oh, I just, it just wasn't very good. I, I, I do want to watch it again, 
but properly, so I can actually see what the um, fuck is going on. I just felt it was a little bland compared to the Fader Alvarez version. Yeah. And this one got higher ratings. 7.1. I know. 84, 77. Really? Really? Come on. I know. Come on, people. Go back and watch the go back with the original. Go back and watch the 2013 version and then see it done the, properly. At the end, when the other sister, the younger sister, Riley Sullivan and Beth, the younger sister, when she's been chased in the in the basements, yeah, with the younger daughter being chased by that monster, I saw that and I th- I thought, oh, the thing. That's what I thought. Well, I couldn't see it. That's uh... the problem, was mate. I couldn't see it properly. It looked more like a silhouette. And again, view cinemas. I don't know whether I'm going to fucking bother going back. I'd rather go somewhere else. You're gonna you're gonna lose my customer at this rate. Like that's gonna make a fucking difference. Yeah. But you know, I think it's disgusting. I couldn't really see that. It was just a ma- I could see it as a mass of limbs and body and bits and pieces. And you, you saw it to an extent when it come towards the camera, but still, I was uh, I was just not impressed. Mm. And they, they had the chain, the chainsaw makes an appearance in this, but the car doesn't. No, it's similar. There is a kind of nod to it slightly, but it's um, not. It's a different make and model. <laughs> well, no, it's not that. It's not so. Well, yeah, there is that. Yeah, but but if you're gonna do that, don't bother. But even in the 2013 version, the car was there. The car was in the forest, all kind of... It was fucked up, wasn't it? Covered in vines and fucked yeah. up, yeah. It was like um, derelict. But they, uh, like a wreck. But in this, is the car isn't there. I was like, it's not a big part of it. No, it's not a thing. But at least you could have had it in the parking lot as you just run past it. Yeah. That's all you needed to do. But they couldn't even be asked to do that. They couldn't even be asked to get that fucking I right. I must admit, I was looking out for it, and I didn't see it. I was like, oh. Well, so was okay. I, because it's in every film. But they couldn't even fucking get the basics right. So they're trying to be too smart. Some of it, like I say, some of it works. It's not an awful film. It's not an awful film by any stretch. It's just a bit meh. Pedestrian. Yeah. The colour of the chainsaw, mate, was the colour of the original car. Yeah. Because the chainsaw is traditionally red. But in this one, they didn't. I thought, why haven't they gone for the red? Oh, it's beige. Why have they gone with beige? And I thought, yeah. well, I didn't see- oh, it's the car. Or it's a light tan, whatever they want to when they I call mean, it. When you look at um, Terrifier 2, if you've seen that... No, I haven't. No, I've not seen the Terrifier films yet. I've got the first one recorded, but I've not watched them yet. Terrifier 2 is a hundred times more gory than that. Way, way. And that it... How would you, how would you rate it towards the 2013 version of... The Evil Dead. What this? What this? Evil Dead Rise. So, but how would you put Terrifier or Terrifier Two? Well, um, Terrifier Two is it does it doesn't pull away. It's more gory than uh, Evil Dead twenty thirteen. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, way it's way more gorier as a film for a story. Evil Dead is a stronger story than Terrifier in my. In my estimation. So if you were going to pick one to watch, which would you watch? Ooh, probably Evil Dead. Because... There's no because. Because it's the Evil Dead. <laughs> That's what you need. Hail to the king, baby. Hail, Hail to, to the, the king. king. So what we're saying is, mate, out of the original trilogy, watch... Evil Dead 2 and what we're going to call the Medieval Dead, because that's what it was going to be called, but Army of Darkness. Yeah. And then watch Evil Dead, the remake, 2013 version. Yeah. And if you've got time, watch the other two. And if you've got a little bit more time, watch the series, because the series yeah. is fucking awesome. I'd, I'd stick with the... Oh, I don't know. Probably... Oh, because the, the, oh, it's very similar, isn't it? Evil Dead 2 and then the 2013. I think we're a bit... Because we've grown up with this. 
if you've if you've not if you're not familiar with it, then 2013. Yeah, I think the the older the older films haven't fared that well, especially on the Blu Ray, Blu-ray releases and stuff. You can see the effects are shoddy, but take them in the time that they were done, in the spirit that they were made, and yeah, this is what what beer and pretzels films. As as you said the other day, this is the film where you want to get some mates round, you want to get a few beers inside oh, you, yeah, get some pizza and watch these, and you'll have a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Two and three. If you want to watch a good horror film, watch the 2013 version Definitely. of Evil Dead. There you go. There's our recommendations for this week. And on that piece of sliced fried gold, we will end it right there. <laughs> so if you fancy a bit of diabolical film banter, I promise we won't go as long as this in the next episode. Then please like, comment, and subscribe. And tell us if you think if you agree with us. I want to know who these people are, these 84 and 77% who like the Evil Dead Rise, if you think it's better than the 2013 version, you message us on, on the Facebooks. Uh, we do reply, and we thank the people that have been messaging us on there. Um, you tell us if we're wrong. We would agree with you. But then we'd all be wrong. So like, <laughs> comment, and subscribe to the podcast, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Also, if you like us talking bollocks about films, then maybe even give us a re- review. And if you need to get something off your chest, then maybe even send a question. We might even answer it on the show. You can find us on your local friendly neighbourhood podcast app and on all the interwebs. Just search for the Diabolical Film Show. So that leaves it with me to say thanks for listening and catch you later. And from me, till next time, stay groovy. <laughs>